Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. And if you're asking yourself, hey, didn't we just hear from you guys? Well, yeah, you did on Wednesday. But we got some pretty significant news in the basketball front on Thursday with the WIAA announcing some very significant changes to the basketball postseason. And thought it would be a good idea to to spend some time to to flesh it out, talk about it, uh, go over some of the changes because there's a lot to digest. It's it's difficult to just look at it and and get a full grasp on it. It's it's difficult for our guys to uh, to expound on it in a you know written format completely. Um, so we're going to talk about it. And joining me to talk about it as uh, as we did on Wednesday, Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer at WSN, and Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer at WSN and also our content manager. Guys, uh, you know, we, we talked about it on Wednesday that we we knew that there were some changes imminent. Um, Mark, you kind of hinted at, at, that this could be, you know, the the situation. And sure enough, here we are. Um, you know, let's, let's maybe start with uh, what is not happening. And that is teams not participating in the playoffs. And we found out today, uh, not participating at all. Uh, what's what's kind of the breakdown? What's the situation with teams opting out, Mark? Well, it, it's not surprising the teams that opted out because uh, obviously most of them are, are Madison Public High Schools and, and Milwaukee uh, MPS schools, um, and then some some smaller private schools in the city of Milwaukee, uh, in the city of Madison. Um, so they're not they haven't played all year. Um, their health, local health uh, and school district uh, personnel are telling them that uh, it's still not safe to go back, and or at least they're saying, um, you know, you, you shouldn't go back. So, uh, it, unfortunately for those schools, they're they're not going to be playing at all this year. And now it's official. Kind of thought it probably would be the case, but you know, in Dane County here, um, as we've seen over the last ten days to two weeks, many of the schools have started basketball now. Um, although, um, unfortunately for East and West and Memorial and the Follett and Country Day and Abundant Life, that, that isn't the case. So, um, I counted 39 or 40, depending on how you count it, teams, uh, that opted out. Although I think there's a couple on here that I, I, I think maybe the paperwork got lost. Uh, I'm not sure about Cornell and Phelps, uh, cause they're playing. I don't know why they wouldn't participate in the postseason. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I know that Cornell did contact the WIA and say that they they wanted to play. They they forgot or checked the wrong box or something. So you know they they might be one that's that's added to the uh, to the bracket in some fashion uh, potentially. Uh, we'll see if that update is made. Um, Norb, any uh, anything else to add in terms of opt out? Uh, one thing that I did notice: Kenosha and Racine schools are in, though they have not played yet. So. Uh, do we know, have you either, I guess, either of you heard anything further on on their situations or whether they might end up being an opt-out later on? Yeah, I well, haven't heard you. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Norbert, I was just going to say uh, the three Kenosha public schools started play on Tuesday. Indian Trail, uh, Bradford, and Tremper all played on the boys' side. Um, so they're in. Uh, Racine is not playing yet, uh, not practicing as far as I know talked to a couple people down there and it's it looks pretty doubtful for them um so uh, there's a possibility that they could still opt out so norb let me throw this at you uh, i got a, a couple of people coming at me on twitter the last couple of weeks that if the madison schools and the milwaukee schools or or others 
opted out of the playoffs, that somehow state championships this year are worthless. They're, <laughs> it's like winning a JV state title, somebody said, and that there should be an asterisk by, uh, by that title. Your thought or response to somebody that would say, this is an asterisk state title. Well, that's, I think that's just kind of, uh, for lack of better words, just something silly to say, in, in my opinion, just because, I mean, there's so many teams that are playing. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate for those teams that aren't playing, you know, that don't have the opportunity to play for a state title. But just because a, a select few teams can't play for a state title doesn't mean other teams shouldn't be able to. There's a lot of very good um, Division One schools, um, you know, Division One teams out there this year. Um, on both sides, both the girls and boys side that are still playing. So, I mean, I, I don't think that that should ever be talked about when you're talking about, you know, a select few teams um, not playing. There's very good basketball, outstanding basketball in Madison and in Milwaukee. We know that. Um, but at least on the boys side, we haven't had a Milwaukee state champ in, I think it's close to 15 years, and we haven't had a, a, a Madison state champ in, uh, almost a decade, somewhere in that range. So it's not like those are the only places that basketball is played or that there's good right. teams, uh, you know, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, you know, as we, as we look over the, the changes that were made, uh, it, going from a situation where you had, you know, the all schools over 1200 were division one, all schools enrollment, 1200 to 600 were D two, um, the smallest 128 schools were in D5, and then everybody else was split between D3 and D4. To now, again, every division is uh, is equal, uh, anywhere from 87 to 90 schools per division. A lot of changes uh, in, in terms of what that does to teams. Mark, what was the final tally that you had for boys teams that moved? And then you know maybe talk about some of those impactful ranked teams that ended up moving divisions. Yeah, I came up with 134 schools that moved up a division. Uh, you know, it was a lot of, um, took some time to figure that all out. I'm going through, you know, each sectional and each division and crossing off teams that, you know, opted out and then trying to figure out, okay, they used to be D2 and now they're D1. Um, so, you know, the impact is enormous. Um, you know, uh, 30 teams moved from D2 to D1. Uh, 40 from three to two, 36 from four to three, and 28 from from five to four. I think the impact on each of the divisions is is significant. Um, you know, I, I obviously Division One uh, now is much deeper. Um, I think it's a little bit more um, uh, more balanced. I, I guess is maybe a word that comes to mind. Although certainly there are pockets of incredible strength. Uh, you know, in one region, you got the two Brookfield schools the two Wauwatosa schools in Marquette, and that's a five-team regional. Um, so, uh, but, you know, some of the better D2 schools like Nicolet and Cedarburg and, and Beaver Dam, um, you know, the Madison area schools that are just getting going like DeForest, um, uh, move up to Division One. So uh, just, you know, just big, big changes all the way across the board. Um, and I think Division Five lost eight of their top 10 teams in our WIS sports uh, coaches poll. So, you know, uh, eight of those schools are now in division four that leaves only two ranked teams, uh, you know, from our, from our weekly poll that are, that remain in division five. Um, so just, just big changes for, you know, for all the schools, not just the, the ones that, uh, 
uh, are moved up. You know, some some schools switch sectionals. Uh, in D4, for example, Cuba City and the Prairie School, the number one and two ranked teams, are now in the same sectional. Uh, they had been in opposite sectionals in the past. So uh, things like that are, are, when you look at it closely, kind of pop up all over the state in all five divisions. Norb, as you look over the impacts on, on girls' basketball, what stands out to you? Number of teams, number of ranked teams. It was it was even more significant, I think, in girls' basketball in terms of ranked teams that were that were moving. Yeah, it definitely seemed to be. Um, I I came up with 127 teams moving up, uh, but as you mentioned, there's there's a lot of teams that were ranked uh, in this last week's uh, with Sports.net coaches poll that are going to be moving up, and most notably in Division Four, nine of the ten teams moving up from Division Four to Division Three for the postseason. Um, and you know, look at Division Three teams, Freedom, who has been ranked number one all years, moving up along with Catholic Memorial, Wapon, and Edgewood, all teams that, you know, could have uh, made an, a run for the uh, the state tournament. And, uh, you know, those Division Two teams moving up to Division One, notably Beaver Dam and uh, Beaver Dam, Kukana, Slinger, all in uh, sectional number two, which it was our, is just uh, crazy loaded. Um, Appleton East is in there in that sectional. Appleton East, Nina, Kimberly, all ranked in the top ten. Um, Germantown, who lost their first game of the year this week, also in that sectional. So it's, you know, definitely that shakeup really loaded up that that sectional number two. But, you know, as we mentioned, it's it's a lot of a lot of work in every division as far as, you know, teams moving, because even in Division five, where on the boys side, Mark said a lot more teams moved up. But, you know, you have teams like Bangor, Randolph, Blair Taylor, who all you know, we're looking to make a deep run in the postseason moving up to Division four. But, you know, as we mentioned, all those good division four teams moving up to division three, you know, opens it up a little bit, but you know, there's, there's definitely some, some of those sectionals that are loaded. And then, you know, as will happen when you uh, kind of make the changes that the WI made, you know, some weaker sectionals as well. I, I haven't broken down the cut lines for every division exactly yet. I don't know if you guys have, but I, it does look like in division one, at least, the cut line, the smallest Division One schools would have been 1,200 in the past. And now you're looking at, I think Wausau East might be the smallest Division One school now. And their enrollment is just a, a hair below uh, 1,000. They're like 993. So uh, that's a pretty, uh, as you talked about, a pretty significant swath of teams that are moving. And, and it moves those cut lines pretty significantly. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about you know changes to the structure of the tournament as well. Um, you know, our traditional regional groupings and, and the regular brackets are, are kind of out the window. Mark, give us your uh, kind of breakdown of, of what this does to regional groupings, sectional groupings, brackets, that kind of thing. You know, just going back for a second to your, your comment before, um, from uh, in terms of the cutoffs, there was there were two schools in, in previously in Division Three, Wrightstown and Lake Mills, and they both are at 453 for an enrollment. And Lake Mills moved up to D2, but Wrightstown stayed in D3. So <laughs> um, 453 is the low point now for, for D2. It used to be 600. Um, as far as the structure goes, uh, you know, by the way, I'm not really sure how they did. They flip a coin or how did they determine which, which of those two got moved up and which state? Because both of those teams, at least on the boys' side, uh, are, are very good. Uh, and the road to state just got much tougher for, for, for Lake Mills. Uh, going up to D2. Um, but the structure itself, um, you know, uh, 
I, part of me kind of likes it. Um, I, I think that, you know, when you had 68 schools in Division One in the old setup and 128 in D5, um, I, you know, I, and I know it goes by enrollment and I, I get that part of it, but uh, it just seemed like, uh, it, you know, the, the balance wasn't there. You know, do, should we always have five divisions of equal number of teams? I think that's a, a, a subject that, uh, um, you know, is up for debate. Um, obviously, we we haven't done that for the last, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many years it is now, seven, eight years um, when we went to five divisions. But um, I, I don't know. I kind of like the structure the way it came out. Um, it it uh, balances things out, you know, in terms of how many schools in each division. Uh, it makes Division One uh, have many more teams, obviously, and, and puts a little more teeth into into the uh, the quality of uh, of that field. Um, however, you know, only four of those teams get to go to the state tournament, and that that to me is still, um, you know, if they were to do a change in the future, I'd still like to see eight Division One teams, um, particularly if they balance the field, uh, you know, equal among the five divisions. So um, yeah, now we're gonna uh, now we're gonna hear from all the D one coaches. <laughs> we're gonna reignite that debate. Well, Kimberly and Madison Memorial and, and all these schools. Oh oh boy. Yeah yeah I know, uh, but you know when you let's say it's a typical year and they balance to all five divisions in terms of the number of schools, there's just so many good solid, you know, teams in division one that that's, I think what people really would like to see. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I hear this all the time. I mean, nothing against the small schools cause everyone wants them to have their time in the sun and their communities and so forth. But having the same number of teams in division one with the enrollments they have and the same number of teams in division five, with their enrollments uh, just doesn't make sense to me. So I, you know, I would be in favor of, of splitting it equally as long as division one got eight teams um, to the state tournament. And, you know, I think this is a one-time thing. Um, I don't know what you guys have heard. I think it's a COVID, you know, uh, uh, situation here with the health departments wanting travel to be reduced. Um, you know, the WI being concerned that there were very few school, you know, less than the, prescribed 68 schools in division one with the Madison and Milwaukee teams opting out. And then of course you, you don't know what the future lies. You know, what happens if a couple schools uh, suddenly have to bow out because of COVID. So I think this was a, a way of reducing travel um, and also making sure that, uh, the, that the fields are balanced in case COVID hits certain teams and they can't participate. Um, and I think, uh, you know, at least in this situation, it was, it was, uh, you know, I can understand it. Um, I, I know for each school involved, it depends on how <laughs> how you came out in the in the wash, so to speak. You know, if you're in a tougher sectional and with a uh, a, a tougher regional grouping, you're not for it. Uh, if, if things shook your way and things look a little better for you, uh, you're okay with it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the coaches advisory committee, the WBCA, how they think ab about this and the WIA. You know, is this something that they might want to look at for the future, or is this just a one-time deal? It, it will be interesting to see, like you said, if any of these changes stick, if, if there are things that people, you know, want to adopt. Norb, get us back on track, though, before we hear from Troy Krause and uh, Steve Collins and, and some of our other uh, other friends. Um, Troy Cullen, you mean? Yeah, sorry, Troy Cullen, not Troy Krause. Um, Troy Cullen, uh <laughs> what what do you think of of the the regional groupings idea where they're going to reseed those after regionals uh, within each sectional? What you know? What do you what do you think of that? How do you think that might impact things? And uh, you know, where does where does that come into play? 
you know, that, I think that's definitely needed, um, you know, just because some of those, again, some of those sectionals are much different than others. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to be interesting, though, uh, when you get there. You know, how, how are you seeding those teams? Uh, are we doing it like the state tournament? Is that something that's been talked about where uh, they're going to vote for each other or against each other on that? So it, when, when it comes to that, sometimes it's just, you know, who you don't want to play. And so, I mean... It's interesting, and I, I, you know, it's really difficult, I guess, to, to put into words. Really, sometimes just because of how, you know, how loaded some of those section or some of those regional groupings are. Yeah, it's nice that they're reseeding at at sectional play, but you know, it, it in the end, you know, I would much rather see, you know, maybe larger pods. But obviously, we, it's not something that's going to happen where you're just not playing a team the second game that maybe you could play honestly, for sectional number two in the state tournament. So, I mean, um, there's going to be, there's definitely some upset some upset people when it comes to this, but, you know, it's it's really about all the WIA could do as, as far as uh, getting those regional groupings smaller. So we talked about divisional placements. We talked about regionals. Uh, last uh, edition, we talked about sectionals because we had got that information in terms of sectional semifinals and sectional finals being hosted at the higher-seeded team as opposed to a neutral site. Let's talk about state tournament. We know some more, but we don't know everything yet. Uh, in the uh, the announcement from the WIAA yesterday, they indicated that uh, the state semifinals and championship games for each division will be played on the same day in the same location as we have seen uh, in the fall sports of soccer and volleyball, for instance, following a similar model there. We don't know where those locations will be. We don't know how many locations there will be if they will try to double up some locations and have a couple divisions in, in one spot. But again, we do know that to win a state championship or, or to make a state final, you're going to be playing two games in a single day. Uh, uh, some pushback a little bit in, in some areas there, but Mark, what are your what are your thoughts on that setup and what it could impact, if it will impact anything, and you know what are you hearing from coaches uh, on on that idea? Well, a couple coaches were upset about it, but you know honestly, uh, I, I don't think it's a big issue. I think you know kids kids can do that as long as there's a significant time in between your games. Um, you know, Illinois did that for years when they had their two two class system, um, where you'd play you know the, the semis and the finals in the same day. Um, so you know, kids are used to doing that. Obviously, sometimes they're playing three, three four games in a day in the summer, whether it's with their AAU or high school teams or both. <laughs> so um, you know, I, I think as long as they're hydrated, that there's you know a, a significant rest time between, which I'm sure there will be. Um, you know, some planning uh, for the coaches to, to uh, you know, have a few hours to at least come up with some some schemes to, to def, you know, to work against the team that they're going to have, uh, their opponent they're going to have. I, I, I think it's fine. Um, you know, it's not ideal, but I guess, uh, uh, you know, in this situation, uh, I'm sure that the, the kids are going to be fine with it. You know, they just want to play. They just want to have that opportunity to compete and potentially win a state championship. So, um you know, at this point, there's nothing you can do about it. That's the way it's going to be. And, uh, it, you know, like you said, Travis, where the big the big uh, question is, um, how's the state tournament going to look in terms of which days? It's going to be over three days. We know that. But uh, how many locations? Uh, how's television going to look? Uh, what kind of crowds are going to be allowed? Um, and, of course, the big question is, where will it be? Uh, you know, I, I'm hearing two sites, but 
Um, I don't think that's set in stone, and you know, it could be as many as three sites or maybe even more. Although, to accommodate television, I I, I think you probably want to keep that uh, a little, uh, you know, either to two or three, so you can get the cameras and the and the people who work, you know, on the television side. Um, you know, uh, the personnel for that is is not unlimited. So, um, yeah, I think it's fine. I you know, the, I, going back to that seed thing real quick. You know, uh, when you have four teams that make sectionals and, and they're seeding uh, for, um, you know, for the sectional this year, it, it becomes doubly important because the higher seed hosts. So, for example, when Cuba City plays the Prairie School, well, you know, if that game's in Cuba City as opposed to the, the Prairie School, that's a huge difference. <laughs> and, you know, it's not fair and it's not what anyone wants, but that's the way it is this year. Um, so you know, um, people are going to vote for themselves. They're going to vote for what is best for their team. And I get that. I mean, I guess I would probably do the same. You know, if one team has one or two losses and another team has, you know, zero losses or one loss, then you look at strength of schedule, but people aren't going to really buy into that. They're just going to go with what they want anyway. Um, and then they're going to try to get their buddy to do the same. So uh, it's no different than than what we've had in the past, except now this is uh, racked up a, a notch because it's sectionals instead of regionals. Norb, your thoughts on on this uh, revamped state tournament um, structure that we know a little bit about and are still waiting some for some more information on? Yeah, I don't I don't see you know any issues with playing a couple games in one day. I mean, you guys have already talked about it. These kids play a lot of games over the summer. I don't think, you know, as long as, you know, hydration, obviously making sure they're they're eating and staying staying well that way, um, resting up. But I don't think that's an issue at all. And, you know, the big thing is, again, the kids are able to play, you know, those meaningful games and have a chance to win state titles. So, you know, um, you just kind of got to figure out, you know, what works well. And if this is the route the WI is going to take, you just got to, you know, go with it and, I, I just don't see any issues with playing, you know, those multiple games. And, you know, it's I think it's just going to be good for the game to, to be able to get those games in and for the fans to watch them. You know, I, I think it's important to to recognize and, and mention that this isn't ideal. This isn't what the WIA would have liked to have done, uh, even in you know the last few weeks as they were planning. This wasn't their preferred setup. Um, it's not a preferred setup for TV. It's not a preferred set up for the teams, um, but it's it's what had to be done in uh, in one of the big reasons, and I, I can't remember if uh, Kate Peterson Abiad mentioned this last week uh, when we had her on the WSN podcast, but the Sports Medical Advisory Committee was very concerned about um, having teams stay overnight, and if you're going to do you know, the traditional schedule for the state tournament where you're going to have 9 a.m. games... Those teams need to stay overnight, and the uh, the sports medical folks um, determined that wasn't something that was going to work for what they they were comfortable with, and so that's where you had to adjust and, and you had to go to a you know this situation where you're playing uh, semifinals and finals in the same day. Um, again, I, the the WI takes a lot of flack. We know that, but. You know they're doing the best they can with the uh, with the advice that they're getting, and you have to lean into the uh, the medical uh, folks to to make it happen. And you know we heard last March when things got canceled, we heard from people, 
complaining that there was no flexibility. Why did they do this? Why didn't they try to change some things? Why didn't they just make adjustments? Why did they just cancel it? You know, why was there no flexibility? And now we've got flexibility. We've got unprecedented flexibility of the WI making things work, changing everything about the tournament series, every single level, the structure, the divisions, everything to make things work. And people are still finding reasons to complain. And, uh, you know, those teams, uh, the, the Cuba cities and Sheboygan Lutherans and Beaver Dams and all those teams that were still alive on March 12th of last year that saw things come to an abrupt halt. Uh, I, I guarantee you every coach, every player, every fan, every parent would have gleefully, gladly, uh, played two games in one day if that meant that they got a chance to finish their season. So at some point we, we have to be appreciative, right. Of, of, uh, the fact that, that we are playing teams are getting to play and that there's, they're finding a way to make it play. Uh, one other note uh, to pass on, um, the three point challenge this year will not be uh, held with all the games being in different locations. They just, you know, it, it, it wasn't a priority and it, it didn't, uh, you know, there wasn't a good way to make it all work. So, um, not going to be a three-point competition this year. We will st still continue to produce the three-point leaderboard every week during the regular season, but there won't be a competition at the end. Mark, uh, give us your, your wrap-up thoughts on, on all these changes that we saw yesterday, anything that we didn't touch on or you know anything to kind of put a bow on, on that conversation. No, I echo your sentiments there, Travis. I, I agree with that 100%. And, um you know, uh, it's unfortunate that the schools uh, that aren't playing, those 40 schools that aren't playing, and we've talked about that, you know, all, all winter, and um, it stinks. There's no other way around it. It's it's not fair to those kids, and it's not fair to the coaches and their parents and the fans of the student bodies at those schools. But, um, you know, at this point, uh, you know, we only have a few weeks left of the regular season before this gets going, the tournament. Um, it's going to look so different. You know, it won't be it won't be the same obviously for the kids that even advanced to state, they're not playing in the cool center in front of, you know, 10, 12,000 people. Um, but yet, you know, they're given the opportunity and I, I, I uh, give credit to the WIA for, for putting this together. Um, yes, it's, it's got, you know, some concerns, but at the end of the day, uh, you get to play, you know, you get to, you get to compete for, uh, for advancing in the tournament. And that's, uh, that's that's more than you know if the schools in Illinois can say and and uh, so I, I think all all in all uh, you know I'm fine with the changes and uh, let's uh, let's see what happens once uh, once that state tournament information comes out. Norb, any uh, any final thoughts? Anything to add as we uh, you know finish this conversation for now because it's going to continue. We're, we're going to have you know we're going to get some more information on state tournament locations and structure and TV. Potentially teams uh, still opting out. We're going to have, you know, teams are going to have to drop out of the, the playoffs mid uh, midstream because of contact tracing. It's just inevitable. But for what we know right now, what came out yesterday, what what we have to this point, any any final thoughts as we look over that information? Well, I think the, the big thing is just to be happy that the WI is willing to you know, to do this for, you know, for the state, because, you know, it, they could easily have been like, well, we don't have, we don't want to do a full state tournament. We, you know, we don't want to even have, you know, uh, state, state titles on the, on, uh, the, be available for teams to win. So I think just to be, you know, those teams that are still playing just to be happy about it and to go compete because in the end, um, a lot of these kids, a lot of these seniors are competing for the last time in their high school careers. So, you know, 
for them to just be happy and uh, to be out there to play. And, you know, while obviously, you know, very unfortunate for those teams that, that were un unable to play this season and, and to opt out of the uh, postseason. But, you know, we're playing basketball, so let's be happy about it. Let's be happy. Let's let's end on that one. We're moving forward. We're getting a state tournament. We're getting playoffs. It all starts very soon. So you're going to want to stay tuned to Wisports.net in the coming weeks as we continue to break it all down, talk about the impacts, and uh, get ready for high school basketball playoffs. Great to talk about. Norb, Mark, appreciate you joining us again. A little bit short notice, reacting to some, some pretty big news, and uh, we'll do it again very soon. Okay, thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. Thanks, Travis. For Mark Miller and Norbert Durst, I'm Travis Wilson. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.